Do you like country music? Head down to Morris, Manitoba July 25th, 26th, and 27th for the Howl at the Moon Festival. This year's festival features a number of high-profile acts, including Lone Star, Emerson Drive, and Dean Brody, as well as a host of local Manitoba artists such as Greg Arcade, Franny Klein, Aaron Starr, Chris Michael, and many, many more. The festival started as an event to bring a huge opportunity to local Manitoba artists by having everyone sharing a huge bill, and it's only grown since its inception. There will be shuttle buses from various locations if you can't drive, there's camping, day passes are available, weekend-long festival passes are available, and a lot more. You can find tickets and more information at howlatthemoonfest.com, and be sure to follow the festival on Facebook or Instagram. This episode of Wish Police Radio is my conversation with my old friend Henry Beckwith. Henry is an ex-Winnipegger currently living in Toronto, and he makes his career as a front-of-house audio guy and a tour manager for a very impressive list of Canadian bands. Part of the reason I wanted to talk to Henry was to find out a bit about that end of the business. I feel like on this show, we're often talking to musicians about the creative process, about songwriting, about performing, but this is kind of a key component to music in general that really is maybe overlooked. The, the role of a tour manager might be a thankless one, but Henry has some interesting insight into just what goes into planning a tour, what goes into doing sound, and, and all of that. So it's a fun conversation with a guy who you know hasn't lived in Winnipeg for a long time, but literally wears the city on his sleeve. He has a tattoo of Confusion Corner sign. So he's very you know fond of Winnipeg, but he's been living in Toronto and previously Vancouver because that's where the work was. And uh, yeah, he's been very successful. It's cool to see a guy who I played in a terrible reggae band with 15 years ago, uh, over the years, kind of continuing to succeed within the music industry. So it's not necessarily a Winnipeg-focused episode, but it's dealing with someone who got his start here in the music industry, and I think it's a really interesting listen, whether you're a musician or not. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by our friends at the Park Theatre, Winnipeg's premier concert and event venue. If you want to find out all the great shows they have coming up, go to myparktheater.com. You're listening to Garbage Show, one of its first podcast network. Welcome to Witch Police Radio. I'm uh, on the phone again, which is kind of uh, one of the benefits of having this new recorder. And I'm talking to a former Winnipegger who is, uh, I think, more than a lot of people I knew back in the day, I guess, is heavily involved in the music scene uh, out in Toronto and beyond. So um, I guess just for a little context, um, I think we first met, must have been about over a decade ago now, but at the uh, first ever Winnipeg Ska and Reggae Festival, right? The first one. I think I it was, didn't know it was the first one. I think it was the first one. I was on the um, organizing committee for that festival, and you were a volunteer. Right. If that is that right? That sounds right. Yeah, yeah. I I've, that was probably the first music festival I actually volunteered for. Yeah, and what were you doing? Were you just like loading trucks and shit, or what? I think so. Yeah. I can't even really remember that. That must have been about two thousand six. 
Some, <laughs> something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and then so what happened yeah. from there is a bunch of us just met each other and started hanging out. And then we decided to start a terrible reggae band. It was terrible. It was bad. Yeah, it was really bad. Um, and then, and then the cool thing with that is like almost everyone in that band went on to do different music-related things. I mean, like you know, Greg Arcade, who is now a country singer. Obviously, he was playing drums in that band. Uh, country Steve, also a country singer, uh, was singing about shopping malls in that band. I was playing bass. Uh-huh. Uh, Colin Wolf was playing guitar, and he's still you know messing around with music. And and you were playing keyboard. And you know, yeah. obviously things have come a long way since then in the sense that you work in the music business as a career now uh yeah that's right so i I guess maybe if you can just sort of explain quickly what it is that you do because i know you have kind of a few hats um within the music business yeah well primarily i started as a sound person uh just working in clubs yeah um and then from there, I, I just I went on tour and then eventually turned into a tour manager slash front of house house person. And how did you how did you get into that? Because I I remember when I I kind of you know I've sort of watched this happen over the years via social media, and it kind of seems to me that you just sort of became this guy slowly over a number of years, right? Because I know you were playing in a lot of bands, you were playing keyboard and you were touring with a few bands, I guess, over the years, but yeah. you just suddenly seemed to transition to the sound guy and then that transitioned into what you're doing now. Like, did you have, how did you even get there? Yeah, it's kind of funny how, how things work out. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I, well, I was playing bands in Vancouver and then uh, I got a job at the Biltmore Cabaret my friend Swan, who I credit with helping getting me started in in the industry. Yes. And uh, I would just pick up downships here and there. Um, Had you... And I would do that in between tours as a, you know, because if you're touring, it's kind of hard to uh, keep a steady job, so... Yeah, of course, yeah, yeah. So did you have background in that stuff? Because I remember you were working, like, when you were in Winnipeg, you were working at TV stations and stuff. Like, you weren't as far as I remember, uh, a sound guy before this, right? No, I wasn't. No. Yeah. I, I went to school for broadcasting. Yeah. And, uh, I, I, I don't know. I, I just kind of fell into the, the sound thing. Some, a, a guy I was playing with, uh, asked me if I wanted to, uh, mix a band one night. They yeah. were at this crazy art gallery kind of space in Vancouver. And, uh, I, I, I was broke. I think it paid 50 bucks. Nice. I said yes. And uh, it was a horrible, <laughs> horrible experience. Okay. <laughs> I didn't understand uh, the concept of live sound or monitors. I didn't know how the, how the mixer was routed. Yeah. And it was just, the band must have hated me. It was <laughs> non- nonstop feedback and just, the whole room staring at me and uh yeah i i don't know why i continued with it i, <laughs> I think it was i think it was because i knew i could figure it out but uh that that particular day was incredibly stressful and, yeah no uh, doubt yeah how did you get hired back kept going uh well i didn't i definitely didn't get hired back there right yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh yeah i think i started at the biltmore and i was just doing easy stuff like DJ nights where you just, you know, turn the DJ up and 
basically yeah. babysit. Yeah. And then uh, my friend Susie had this rock and roll night. Um, oh my god, I can't even remember it. It's a decade ago. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, she she was asking me if I would come do that, so I would do that once a month. It's called the Beehive. Okay. It was like kind of like a '60s rock night, and uh, I would do sound there once a month. And then uh, and then it just kind of the ball kept rolling and I got jobs here and there. And I guess at one point you sort of glommed onto, or they glommed onto you, certain bands, and you would go out on tour with them and do sound with them. Well, on the, road, right? the reason I started touring was was because uh, the Zolas hired me to play keyboards for them. Okay. And we had, I did a, a Canadian tour with them because uh, their keyboard player was opening a, a recording studio. So they needed a keyboard player. I went out with them. Recording studio opened, and then uh, Tom came back and joined the band after that. Okay. But then then Zach invited me out to to mix them, and that was that was the first tour I ever went on where I was in the role of uh, a sound person. Okay. And I was kind of hooked <laughs> from that moment. Do you? One of the things that's kind of come up on the show a lot, actually, whether I'm talking to you know a musician or a podcaster or a journalist or whatever, is the idea of people when they start out doing something like that, feeling like they have the imposter syndrome. Like, why, why does anyone trust oh, yeah. me to do this? Like, I'm assuming that came along with that as well, right? Oh yeah, that I think everybody, yeah, <laughs> has the imposter syndrome. I, I don't know. Especially in live music, yeah. Um, well, because everyone's watching real... you, right? Everyone's well, not they're not watching you, but you're responsible for the sound that they're all paying to hear. Yeah, I guess so. And you know, the vast majority of people that I know that are doing this are are self taught. So sure. there's a certain amount of fake till you make it in certain situations where you you really have to put yourself into an uncomfortable situation that you've you know never experienced before. And you just have to go with it and hope it <laughs> succeeds. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so yeah, there is that, and then the, the there there is a real component of the imposter syndrome because there are rules in audio, but there are three thousand different ways to do every different task. So sure, it's kind of you know like a personal taste thing, but also knowledge based that you, if you're self taught, learn you know through your own research and experience. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, like I'm definitely someone who doesn't have any aptitude for that kind of stuff. I mean, when it comes to recording anything, I usually want to just record it on whatever equipment I have at whatever quality and then done release. Like if anyone heard the third mouthboat tape, which I yeah. made, they should not have let me mix any of it, but I mean, the mixing is horrible. Right. It's brutal. And so <laughs> like just based on that, I can't imagine doing that for for a <laughs> as a career like there's got to be something in your brain that kind of well, that makes you suited for that kind of thing right like what are you listening for at a live show like h- how do you know what to do other than just i mean is it really just what you're hearing or is there there's got to be more to it right well uh okay first point is the nice thing about live music is that it's temporary and when the show's over you're never going to do that show again right right Versus, you know, a live recording in a, a live mix, you're essentially preserving something for all of time. So that's 
there's a little more pressure there, I think. Sure. Um, but there should be. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. In in the in the live mix, I guess what I listen for is just uh, a good balance between everything. Yeah. Um, and then just proper EQing and just making things easy on the ears. It shouldn't be shouldn't be too harsh. It should be it should be loud and present, but it shouldn't hurt people's ears. So. That, that's kind of what I focus on is just making everything smooth sounding to me. Yeah, yeah. Well, and I imagine if you're going on a tour with a band too, you're mixing them every night, so you have probably a decent idea of what their set list is like and what the dynamics yeah. are in the songs. And it's kind of cool, actually. Like transitioning from uh, a person who played in bands to somebody who works for bands. Yeah. Um, I really enjoyed becoming becoming a tech on on for the reason that when you're with a band every night, you, you learn everybody's part as a tech, uh, rather than just your own, you know, keyboard line or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. You, you, you intimately know everything about the song. So, and that, that plays into your mix as well. You know, if there's, I don't know, a guitar solo or something, you know where it is every night. So you're going to boost it a bit or, uh, you know, a particular effect needs to happen. So you, sure trigger that at a particular time is there like do you feel like it's strictly a technical position or is there an artistic element to it as well like are you contributing to to the sound i mean you are contributing to the sound literally but uh, do you feel like you're contributing artistically to what happens by the way you mix it or is it really just kind of this is the job this is how they want it this is it uh no i think i think there's a creative component to it i don't think i could i don't think i'd be doing it if I didn't think there there was yeah. that aspect yeah. to it. I mean, it is very very technical, but uh, I think a lot of it comes down to your ear at the end of the day. So, you know, I, I mix the band the way I want to hear it. Yeah. Um, when you're yeah. touring with a band I mean you're mixing them every night so uh, again you have like an idea of what you're listening for and, and how the, you get very familiar with the songs from venue to venue are you using potentially completely different gear are you like I mean are you, uh, depending I guess on the type of venue it is right yeah I mean it, it, that depends on a lot of things it depends on the level of band you're with sure. you know I once you get to like an arena level where you're able to tour with your own PA, mm-hmm. well, then, yeah, then you're good, uh, right? yeah. which is a luxury uh, that I haven't uh, had yet. Uh, but uh, oftentimes there'll be budget to to bring a console with me, okay? Which uh, which is great because uh, I have my own microphone kit, so I'll use my own mics on the band. I'll have the same console every night, so I can work on my show file. And then, really, the only thing that changes are the room and the PA. So, yeah. Once you've got your band mix more or less good, then every time you roll into a new venue, you just listen to the PA, and uh, hopefully, it's good. Yeah. Most most times, it's a challenge, and you know the the room too. Like, is it a hall? Is it like a small box with yeah with no reflections that you have to deal with? Uh, so you, you just kind of listen to the PA and work with what you're given. 
But uh, the job is made ten times easier if you've got your your own console. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, uh, are decisions mm-hmm. like around how to mix it? Do you are they often kind of last minute? I mean, do you do you frequently have a lot of time to sit around in the venue and figure things out, or are you just sort of thrust into it and you got to figure it out on the fly? Um. Well, again, I guess that depends on what position you're you're in on the tour. If, sure. if you're a headline tour, then then you have time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Then then. Well, I'm usually I've typically been tour managing, so I'll, I will advance at the venue to you know yeah give a nice leisurely sound check, usually an hour, an hour and a half, just oh, to yeah, right get on. things nice and in place. And then, how did you get from you know being the sound guy or tours with the band to managing the tours? Because it, it seems like both of those jobs are probably not all that enviable. Like a lot, of, a lot of people, that's the shit that people don't want to deal with, right? They want someone else to, <laughs> to figure it out for them and plan it out for them and get the sound what, right. What, tour manager? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, well, or both. 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 I mean, like, I, you know, a, a lot of people, I think, I could be wrong, but my impression is that a lot of musicians just want to go up there and play. And because of the way things are now, a lot of, you know, independent, smaller bands, they're having to do their own tour booking and, and all that stuff, and they hate it from people I've had on the show, you know, frequently, like that's the part of being a musician that they dislike the most. Right. So you're kind of taking on that role of the, the, the grunt work almost of, of you know, getting the tour from a, an idea of let's go on tour to actually a thing that happens. So why, how did you get into that? And why, well, well why did you decide to do that? Cause I think it's uh, maybe an, un, uh, a job that doesn't get enough. I don't know, but I don't know if the respect is the word, but maybe credit, you know, for making things happen. All oh, right, it's the tour manager is a thankless role. But yeah, yeah, but yeah. so important. Um, there's an easy answer, and it's I got paid more. <laughs> That's a good reason. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, yeah, it increased my wage dramatically because essentially you're doing two jobs. So the way it works, uh, typically in Canada, um, kind of the mid-level Canadian bands. You, the ones that I'm working for, playing, you know, like 1,000 to 2,000 seaters in major markets, yeah. will not be able to afford two people because, first of all, that's two ages, so there's a bit of a discount if one person does it. And yeah. then there's the other aspect of you got to pay a per diem to the second person, and then hotel rooms. So, oh, yeah, right, yeah. You know, if you've got to get an extra hotel room, then uh, that could dramatically increase the cost of your tour. Yeah. So typically, you know, up into the next level, you're, you're just, there's a lot of front house TMs. Okay. Kind of in, in the mid, in the mid levels. How did you, um, how did you get like from, because, you know, it makes sense that you were touring with bands when you were playing with them and stuff and, and you kind of, you know, started doing sound there, but, are you kind of at this point just a, a guy for hire? Because I mean, I was looking at your—you have that website where you kind of list all the bands you've worked with, and it's a pretty long list. And it seems like you oh, know, yeah. every, every once in a while, I see I see your post, and you're going out with another band that you weren't out with last yeah. time. So, like, what's the? Uh, are you just like on call, basically, if someone needs a tour manager and a sound guy? Yeah, well, I, I work for myself, and uh, I primarily get all of my work from word of mouth or just through other techs and tour managers that I know. Yeah. Uh, because the, the 
yeah, when it, once you get to know other people, you, you, you know who you, you would recommend that would do a good job. Because, you, you know, most people don't want to recommend somebody that would yeah. not be good at it. So I guess that's with every industry too, right? If you're doing any kind of oh, freelance yeah. work, like people will say, yeah, this guy does a good, does good work. Give him, you give him a call. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, I've been doing it for quite a while now. Um, I've got a lot of experience and I just get, get offered a fair amount of work. Do you take whatever work you're offered or are you very selective about the, the bands that you work with? Uh, no, I'm a little more selective now. Yeah. Does it have to be someone you like? Someone whose music you like? Or does that is that kind of not the priority? Um, no, that's less the priority. That, that's an interesting thing, too, is, you know, musical taste. Because, you know, oftentimes I'll go out with people who uh, I don't... I, I wouldn't listen to at home, but yeah. um, I I managed to find something I like about everybody I work for, which is... Which is awesome. Yeah, for sure. But I would say the primary primary thing that I look for is uh, will I be able to live with these people on the road? <laughs> right, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> you know, if I have to be on the road for two months with, with a group that I think I'm not going to get along with, uh, uh, I don't know, I'm, I'm just not interested. Yeah, no, yeah, no. Which, you know, it might, might be the wrong approach. I feel like some people do it the other way, but... Life's too short for assholes. Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> well, I feel like that's another reason I'd be horrible at that job is because, like, I remember um, this is again going back like ten years or so. I, I did a, a couple attempts at DJing at uh, reggae nights. I mean, again with the reggae thing, and yeah, I just played records that I wanted to hear, and that doesn't work. <laughs> like, just being right. like, this is what you know. So I, I feel like if I was doing what you're doing, I would be super selective, and then I wouldn't get any work because <laughs> I'd just be choosing bands that I specifically liked. And so, I mean, yeah, that makes sense that you're being able to live with them is a higher priority than whether you're a personal fan of the music, right? Yeah, that's true. And, you know, the other thing to recognize is that if, if somebody can afford to take me out, then it's generally a good band. Yeah, oh yeah, for you sure. Know, yeah. Whether, whether you like the genre or not, it's they've seen some success and people are, you know, going to shows and buying tickets. So... You know, there is a level of musicianship there, and you know that that's what I that's what I look for. I I have I guess I would have trouble with something if the people playing the music weren't very good at playing what you know. Yeah, yeah. They were playing. <laughs> well, yeah, like you're but, not going to get the guy next door who's got like a basement punk band who's played two shows to call you up and take you on tour because they're not going to go on tour and they have no money to hire someone in the first place, right? No, no, definitely not. <laughs> so I mean you obviously you have Manitoba roots you know you, you, you're from here you went to school in Brandon um, and you went to Vancouver and then Toronto is this job something that you would not be able to do if you'd stayed in Winnipeg um I don't know I don't I don't think so necessarily I think you know the fact that I've moved around so much uh I've I've just met so many different people, which has yeah helped my career. Yeah, if I didn't if I didn't leave, I probably would have a, a smaller pool of people. Well, I don't know. I guess it would depend on what you're doing, because you know, plenty of people in Winnipeg that go out and tour. And there are yeah, definitely, definitely. Is, so I don't know. It's kind of hard to say. 
Well, I guess I mean, Toronto and Vancouver both just open you up to, uh, I mean, Toronto especially, right? Like a wider pool of musicians just because the population is so much, so much bigger. Definitely. And, you know, out here, um, so much industry. Right. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Up. For sure. Yeah. But, you know, that said, I moved to Toronto in 2013 and, uh, I don't know, every, all, all of my work came from the West Coast suddenly. Like I moved away from Vancouver and then I <laughs> yeah. started working for Vancouver bands. And I, I don't actually work for anybody in Toronto. Oh, really? Like my major clients are Vancouver, Montreal, and Halifax based. That's really weird. I yeah. mean, I guess it makes sense because you're touring with them, so you're going with them to every city, right? But yeah. Yeah. I mean, the nice thing about my job now that I'm established in it. I I can kind of live anywhere. Yeah, uh, which is sweet. I just basically, you know, an airport that's somewhat affordable. Yeah, yeah. Because nice, <laughs> yeah, because you got to yeah, bounce I, around. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, kinda, no. yeah, kind of go anywhere. Yeah, no, that's that's cool. I got yeah. I, and you like that lifestyle? Like, is that something that works for you? What the lifestyle of of being kind of always city to city airport to airport like are you are you are you oh. happy with that that, that that kind of tour life like the on the road all the time sort of thing yeah i don't think i would i don't think i would be doing it if i if i didn't love it yeah if i'm off the road for too long i start to i start to get itchy for the road yeah you know like oh i'll get i i worked quite a bit in in venues in in toronto but uh you know i'd be there for four months and just you know, be itching to leave. Yeah. But yeah, touring is the brings a kind of calm to me that that I like. It's uh I don't like routine, but there's nothing more routine based than tour. Yeah. Except everything changes. <laughs> right. But you do the same thing every day. Just in a you different know, you city. Wake up, you, yeah. you drive to the next city. Uh you do a show and then you do it again the next day, but at the same time, everything's new. Yeah, and exciting. So it's it's a bit of an addiction. I yeah, think. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I think you probably have to have a certain personality to to be into doing that too. Oh, hundred percent. Especially like you, you think, know, the older you get, right? I mean, people are buying houses, having families, all that shit. And uh, I mean, this comes up a lot on the show too, because you know, if we're talking to bands one of them buys a house, all of a sudden their ability to tour is kind of like cut in half and things like that, right? So it's you kind of have to be with. Uh, the lifestyle of the road to be able to yeah. keep it going. Totally. I mean, I'm at the point where if I bought a house, I would have to keep touring because I don't know how else to make decent money. Right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and you're, you're in Toronto, so I guess you could probably never buy a house because the <laughs> prices are so insane. Oh, no. Yeah. That, that, that ship has sailed. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> For sure. It's crazy. Are, are you still playing? <laughs> are you still playing uh, keyboard at all or, or any other music? Uh, Not a ton. Um... Yeah, really, really not a ton. I, I, the most recent thing I did was for my friend uh, Andrew Woods, who uh, has this band called Napster Vertigo. And, uh, <laughs> Good name. Yeah, yeah, he's uh, he plays guitar with Basha Bluot, who I work for. Yeah, and uh, I went out to Montreal to record on his record. We're old friends. He he, he did a European tour that I was on in in my old band Chains of Love. Yeah. And uh, so we we bonded on that tour. Uh, anyway, I, I played on his record. Uh, 
which is coming out on Dialon Records okay. at some point this is, year. Is that the same label the Chains of Love stuff came out on? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, years ago. Yeah, that's been a while, right? Years ago. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, one other thing that's kind of... Uh, people talk about a lot when I, I mean I'm, I'm mostly interviewing Manitoba artists right like whether it's a rapper a country singer metal band whatever and one of the things that has kind of uh, been brought up a few times and I think you're a good example of this maybe is uh, a lot of people who are involved in music in Manitoba Winnipeg specifically move away and then while they're there they become like the hard the most hardcore Winnipeggers that there are <laughs> like I mean you have a, a right. you have a Confusion Corner tattoo right I mean that's like a all right. It almost seems like yeah. you're representing Winnipeg more now that you're away from it than than when you were here. Is that like do you feel that? Do you think that your kind of your Winnipegness is like more of a badge of honor, <laughs> if you want to call it that, like in Toronto or, or whatever city you're touring in, than it is when you're when you were living here? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I was pretty young when I left yeah. Winnipeg, like twenty twenty three or something like that. Yeah, it is pretty young. Yeah, and. uh you know, like a lot of people when they're young just don't like where they're living, and I thought I didn't like Winnipeg. And then I left Winnipeg, and I realized how cool a city it is and what it's got to offer. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So it's it's always nice meeting Winnipeggers, you know, outside of Winnipeg, and everybody's proud to be from there. For sure. Yeah. Maybe well, not while they're here, though. Uh, right. Yeah, maybe. I think we well, I we know. hate on ourselves all the time, and then it's like you don't realize it until you until you leave. It's one of those things. Maybe. Well, know. you know, the grass is always greener. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. But I don't know. I think Winnipeg's cool. I I mean, I haven't lived there in so long. Yeah. Um, You've been back quite a bit on tour, though. Oh yeah, I'm through all the time. Yeah. I I would I would come back to the city for sure at some point. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Do you, yeah. as as, a, as an outsider now, you know, who who started going to shows when you are in Winnipeg back in the day, do you, um, and you've obviously heard a lot of Winnipeg bands over the years, like whether it's, you know, when you were here or, or uh, over there, I'm sure you're seeing Winnipeg bands come through every once in a while too. Um, do you think that Winnipeg has a sound to it? Whether it's not necessarily like all these bands sound the same, but it's kind of like a running theme <laughs> on this podcast, if there is a theme, is that like, what is Winnipeg's sound? Because I feel like a lot of people who are from here and then leave, or just people from here anyway, feel there's some kind of Winnipegness to a lot of different bands across various genres. And I've been kind of trying to figure out what that is, because I, I think that's there too. I think I can listen to Propagandy, and I can listen to like a country artist, or listen to you know some Peanuts and Corn hip-hop stuff, or whatever. And, and there's something Winnipeg about it. And I don't know if that's just me knowing that they're from Winnipeg, or if there's actually a sound. And kind of what's people have told me they think it is is that Winnipeg people like kind of grittiness and almost like wrong sounding stuff but it sounds right like it's never pure and clean mm. and and exactly on the notes or whatever there's always something slightly uh, broken about it and I, I don't know if you have encountered that <laughs> or what you think but I, I kind of like that idea that, that Winnipeg somehow is, is, is super grimy yeah that's cool yeah I, I, don't know, I don't know if it's a thing though so I'm wondering what you think about that as an outsider now like, have you, do you think there's something? Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know either. <laughs> that's, that's a hard question. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, personally, I don't know how I would define a Winnipeg sound. Uh, feel more comfortable saying 
saying that about you know Vancouver, okay. who are you know arguably I spent more time in the music scene out out there than I did in Winnipeg. That's true. Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, the the thing I associate Winnipeg with is just great talent. There seems to be so many great musicians that that come from Winnipeg. Yeah, it's crazy. There's like, I it's the winter. I think, you know, like, I think you you know you either grow up and learn to play hockey or yeah. you know, or you, you play music. Sit in your sit in your friend's basement and learn to play music. Yeah, and yeah, just so many musicians that I've met that come from Winnipeg are um so talented yeah skilled yeah it's it's something in the water or something yeah for sure yeah does does winnipeg have um let's not not to harp on the winnipeg thing but you know because of the the nature of what the show is um does winnipeg Uh have a reputation have you noticed like among people from other cities like do they not is there a winnipeg sound but like what do people think when they you know they hear you're from winnipeg or whatever is it just like oh winnipeg or is there some kind of like, oh, Winnipeg has, you know, is there a vibe to it or, or not? Like, cause I think a lot of people here think that we have this outsized reputation, maybe outside of the city because we have so many artists coming from here. And I don't know if that's true or not, but there's definitely like an idea that like, oh yeah, people recognize Winnipeg artists as, you know, this and that and the other. Uh, is there anything or is it just, is that all bullshit? You mean the... The Winnipeg mystique, you know, do, we have, do we have a mystique? Is, it, is the city have a reputation as being something, whether it's good or bad? I think so. Yeah. And I find, you know, there's not, there's no, there's no in between yeah, with, yeah. with people's thoughts on Winnipeg. Is it's usually I'll meet somebody like, oh, I'm from Winnipeg, and they're like, oh man, I hate Winnipeg. <laughs> <laughs> or they'll be like making fun of Winnipeg or something. But then you meet somebody else and like, oh man, I love Winnipeg. Yeah, yeah. And they'll they'll tell a story of you know they were through on tour and you know this crazy thing happened or you know whatever yeah um winnipeg definitely has a personality yeah that's for sure yeah (laughs) definitely i don't know yeah it's just just an interesting question because people definitely i think um winnipeg as you probably remember like we kind of love whenever anyone talks about us that isn't here <laughs> like if you, Winnipeg is mentioned on TV it's actual news well, like, like the Simpsons or something yeah, like right that? exactly yeah 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 I mean that's like a yeah. high level example right but I mean anytime anyone says anything about Winnipeg you, you get like a I don't know someone in a book mentions Winnipeg and it's like front page news <laughs> you know we were in a book right 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 <laughs> actually I just saw a video game that was made by the son of, of the guy who made Doom okay it was id software yeah yeah yeah, uh, yeah. romero i forget what his first name is and uh game's called like taco truck or something and it's okay. about like basically <laughs> uh i don't know there's like zombies or something in mexico city and you have to drive this truck and escape to winnipeg <laughs> where there are no taco trucks Okay. I'm not getting this right, but <laughs> we do have taco trucks here. There are definitely taco trucks, yeah, but <laughs> I know, yeah. No, I saw this comment on it like somebody it was just on Reddit and yeah. like, ah, I'm from Winnipeg. We have taco trucks here and they need to do more research." Yeah. <laughs> but I thought it was funny, just a super random like escape to Winnipeg. Yeah. No taco trucks. Well, and you know anyone who know. played that game from Winnipeg would have been like, "Oh shit, we're in a video game," you know, and it would probably told like all their friends about it and yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Totally. 
I love that stuff. Yeah, I do too. I, I, like, I like that stuff. You know, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, are are you currently like touring on tour with anyone right now, or are you at home just between tours? Uh, well, summer's usually summer festival season. Yeah, so of course. Yeah, that's uh, what I'm doing right now. Uh, been a pretty pretty mellow June. Yeah, uh, but July. July, I'm all over the place with, with a bunch of people. Okay, um, it's a lot of a lot of flights. Yeah, um, which is all right. I mean, because you go out for a weekend and then you come home. I almost kind of like a straight tour a little better because you know you're gone for a month, you do it. Yeah. Versus this, where you know, like I fly out on a Tuesday, I'm back on a Friday, fly out on a Sunday. Or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Kind of thing. Are so, those are those festival gigs all with the same artists, or are you just sort of bouncing from artist to artist that you work with? Uh, typically, typically I'll I'll be hired by an artist to do all of their summer festivals. Yeah, that makes sense. But uh, you know, they don't they don't typically do you know a ton. So so this this year I've got uh, four people. Four artists I'm working for. Okay. Through uh, July and August. Cool, cool, cool. And then, like, if you know, again, you, you have the website which kind of lists your it's like your resume, basically, right? Um, of all these artists you've worked with. Yeah. I don't know if that was yeah. what it's intended to be, but it, it, it definitely reads like that because it's like you know, here's here's the people that that basically can vouch for you, right? Um, mm-hmm. Do you are you always sort of looking for new people to work with, or, or do you have enough on your plate from your kind of existing clients, if you call them clients? <laughs> Yeah, sure, they're clients. Yeah. <laughs> uh yeah, I'm not really I mean, I'm I'm always happy to see what, what comes through. I'm always always looking. Yeah. Right now I'm booked basically until next May, so Oh wow. That's pretty, that's pretty good, yeah. Yeah. I mean there are a few spaces in there, but typically I would just take the time off. Yeah. Uh, in between tours. Um yeah, but it's always exciting. Uh, actually, that's part of the, the worst part about this job is, you know, getting an offer, but, uh, you know, you're busy. Yeah, yeah. Because it is, you know, it is very much first come, first served. Sure, uh, yeah, yeah, that makes sense. You know. But yeah, if someone you, some band you love messages you and you've already got the calendar, the month booked or whatever, you're, you're, they're kind of out of luck, right? Yeah, that's happened. That's happened a couple times to me. And you know, I I I kind of like well, yeah, I I like loyalty to somebody, so I'm I'm not gonna yeah, I won't ditch ditch somebody for a for, for somebody else. Just, yeah, yeah, just because I like them more. You know? Yeah, well, that yeah, that doesn't reflect well on you, I guess, as a as a <laughs> yeah. professional. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, I mean, I feel like some people do that. That's a different different method to uh, you know getting yeah. higher level work. So if someone is like, you know, say you're, you're on tour, you run into some kid, kid, meaning like, you know, some 20 year old or whatever, who wants to do what you're doing, do you advise them against it? Or like, what, what is, I guess, the path that someone should be taking to do this as, as a career? If, if, if someone is so inclined, I mean, cause you kind of fell into it and then it just developed for you, right? Like, is there a, a path someone should take to do what you do? That's a hard question. Well... Yeah, it's so, I don't know. It's it's 
uh, it's it's hard to get on the road. I know I know people you know really want to get out there and yeah do it. I think. I mean, I, I feel like the way that most people do it that are self-taught is they'll they'll work in a venue and then they'll go out with you know their friends band. Yeah. You know, probably probably not making very much money, if any at all. And, yeah, you know, for sure. Sleeping on floors and just plugging it out. Um, so that's definitely one method. And then uh, there are schools. I'm not. I'm not sure about Winnipeg. If there's a if there's a live sound school, I know there's a there's a live sound school in uh, Toronto and Vancouver. Okay. And uh, I, I believe those are a good foundation, but you still need to, you know, get experience. Yeah, for sure. But through those courses, you, you really meet a lot of contacts. So oftentimes people, people from those courses will end up working for a production company. Okay. And then, uh, yeah, cause there are production companies that, uh, that will, um, outfit larger tours, like big arena stuff. Okay. And there's a whole team there, I guess, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah, so usually it's like, I don't know, there's a company called Solotech. They'll they'll be approached for a large tour to supply the PA system and you know the people to run it. Yeah, yeah. Rather rather than rather than the bands directly hiring people, they a little more of a a corporate kind of progression. Right. Rather yeah. than the kind of DIY way, you sort of uh, ended up doing what you're doing, yeah. Yeah, I figure. I feel like my way probably takes a whole lot longer. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> well, yeah, because there's there's no there's no um, no formal process, right? You just kind of ended up there after years of, of various other roles. So that makes sense. Yeah. Oh, totally. Yeah, I just I don't know. I was dumb enough to pursue this. I guess. <laughs> well, it's working out for you though, right? I mean, the fact that you can do it as a job is awesome because I think a lot of people going for whatever music industry role they want, whether it's being a musician or you know doing what you do or being a publicist or all the various jobs there i mean it's hard to do that as a career most people i even have on this podcast who are like you know award-winning artists and stuff they still have day jobs or part-time jobs or whatever to Mm -hmm. to make ends meet right so the fact that you can do anything music related as a career is awesome like i'm jealous you know it's 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 pretty cool that you know going back to 15 years ago or whatever it was that we first met each other that whole group of people i think you're probably the only one who's doing everyone's doing something music related, but you're the only one who's doing it as a career. So that's, uh, possibly with the exception of Greg, but it's, it's, you know, it's, uh, yeah, it's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. Five years ago, I wouldn't have told you, uh, I wouldn't have been able to tell you that I'd be where I am today. So I'm yeah. still kind of taken back by it, but, um, I mean, you can definitely get by working in venues, but, uh, can definitely make a better living uh, on the road if you're if you're able to do so. Right on. It is a it is a very small community. It's the it's a hard job to get into, but it's uh, really fun. Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> well, I guess once you're there too, you once you're established, you become one of those names that everyone knows or has heard of, right? And then you can get connections from. Oh, there. completely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then you know, if you if you're a reliable name, then uh, that goes. That goes pretty far. Awesome. Okay, well, that's maybe a good place to uh, wrap it up. So, um, if someone wants to check out like some of the bands you've worked with and stuff, what is it? What's the website like? Is, uh, do you want people to check out your website, or is it sort of just there 
uh, for your for your own use as a resume. Like, <laughs> no, they can. I mean, the website's kind of silly. Yeah. <laughs> I I chose the uh, absolute no flare, uh, lowest possible form of a website. Yeah, it's just it's text, right? Like, oh yeah. yeah. It's just <laughs> it's like looking at a text file. Yeah. Which yeah. I actually kind of like. I mean, I could go the route of you know. Uh, you can't you can't have like a, a half good website. I think you either have to hire somebody to make a really good one. Yeah, or, or, or just do what you did. Yeah, do what I did. And I don't really need a website. I just need my email address mostly. So right. Uh, but if people want to check it out, it's henrytours.ca. Cool. And then I guess you will be in Winnipeg at some point with some band, but uh, nothing on the immediate horizon, right? Nothing on the immediate horizon. No, I think. Maybe, maybe this fall. Um, I don't think it's been announced yet, so maybe I won't say anything. Sure, sure. Well, yeah. I mean, you you you're around. You, you come through. I, I definitely like hear like you know. I'll see a picture on on Instagram or something, and it's like, oh, Henry was in Winnipeg, yeah. and then you already you're gone, right? You're already, you've already moved on to the next city or whatever too. So yeah, it's kind of yeah, uh, man. Yeah, There's no no time to hang. Yeah, I get like an hour for lunch with my parents if I'm lucky. Yeah, right, 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 right. <laughs> Well, it's better than nothing, right? Yeah. I mean, at least you get to come home and, and even if it's for an hour and kind of touch base a little, <laughs> a little bit before you're you're off to Regina or whatever, right? So, oh, totally. No, I'm pretty thankful. It's it's nice because uh, it sucks being away from your family. Yeah. Uh, but the fact that I get to travel for work, um, it's just nice that I can uh, pop in and see them. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Four or five sure. times a year. For sure. Without. Without taking a dedicated trip. Yeah, yeah, because that, that uh, messes up your whole routine, I guess, right? Like, uh, as someone who's on mm-hmm. and off the road all the time, I guess if you came here for a chunk of time, that's a chunk of time you can't be touring with someone. That's true, but uh, it is important to take time for yourself. True, yeah, <laughs> definitely, definitely. Okay, so people should check out your website if they want to see what bands you've worked with, and there's a pretty good list. I mean, some of those uh, are, are bold-faced names, you know? Like, there's definitely artists that, uh, well, you know, whether you're a fan of them or not people were recognized and it's like it's kind of cool to see that uh you went from basically your friends bands to your friends being in these bands that are are doing things right um and yes people check that out if they want to uh you can go to witchpolice.com to listen to all it's almost 400 episodes now uh of witch police radio they're all there for free download and streaming and you can also tune in on sunday nights at midnight on 101.5 umfm and they sort of replay these episodes a few months after they've come out as a podcast so you know it's uh what july now it might not air till the winter sometime but it's kind of cool you know if you're happening to be driving your car at midnight on a sunday and listening to the radio which is the ideal time to listen to the radio uh people might hear this interview and maybe you'll be coming through winnipeg that week or something right so yeah it's kind of a cool added bonus very possible yeah yeah you know <laughs> right on well yeah thanks thanks for talking to me this is uh, kind of a fun conversation just because uh you know you are yeah, doing yeah, something thanks, that's yeah. different from what i usually deal with but it's it's all connected it's all it's all related to music and and, and musicians and touring and all that stuff so yeah yeah thanks again yeah well thanks for having me yeah was, no problem that was fun